you're exactly where you need to be. And you're listening to ADD Comedy with Dave Rosowski. Improviser Dave Hill is our guest today on ADD Comedy with Dave Rosowski, and you'll be hard-pressed to meet a more positive and upbeat improv performer and teacher and director. Dave was awarded the I.O. West Teacher of the Year honor in 2014, and it's not surprising at all. He's seen in numerous commercials and shows on the tube, including Quick Draw on Hulu and Reno 911 and Comedy Central. He's a voice actor, having worked on American Dad, Squidbillies, and The Most Popular Girls in School, a great show both of us have recurring roles on, and one of the most Not Safe for Work series on YouTube. It's true. There's a very special story following uh, the announcement. Uh, Dave shares some stuff with us, so be sure to stick around for that. By the way, the scratching sound you may hear are painters working on the apartment building. Enjoy, Dave. Hill. I did. Growing up, I grew up in the, I grew up in Chicago, so we didn't really in the city. In the city, mm-hmm. I grew up in the city. Okay. Well, I didn't really even know. I'm 57. How old are you? I just turned 40. You're 40. So when I grew up, there was. I said no... that so. I said that so like sad, I'm which I'm 40. not sad about. I but just 40. I just turned 40. Oh God, it's oh my God, it's. Happening. I would not trade a fucking year of my life. <laughs> I mean, I liked 40. 40 was really great. Yeah. But when I was growing up, there weren't really any malls. You didn't go to a mall. You not downtown. Yeah, right. No, not downtown. Yeah. And then when when uh, Woodfield Mall came right. out, you go, oh, fuck. Is that still happening? Woodfield. It is. In fact, that was my mall growing up. That was the yeah. nearest big mall. Mm-hmm. It was because I grew up like Palatine. Mm-hmm. So it was just like hop, skip, and a jump. That was right. where we went for everything. Um, we didn't have anything like that. And then there was like the Century Mall in Chicago, which used uh-huh. to be a movie theater and then turned into a, that used to be a, a movie palace and then turned into a, um, a mall. But I remember being, and I might have mentioned this before on the podcast, I remember being on, um, in, in Mark DeMott's class and someone had a suggestion of a food court and I never knew what that was. So wow, food court, I was thinking... What crime would food have to commit? <laughs> that's and, great. And it's not a joke. It was I, more like I, that's where your mind had to go. Because those are two words that that you've never heard. Together. I've never heard together before. Where that you go is, food court. That is great. And then you go food court. I love it. Food court. <laughs> and then someone oh the food court's like oh yeah oh yeah 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 shopping malls shopping malls. Shopping malls. But we had Old Orchard, yep. which was in Skokie. I was going to say Old, old, or old Orchard, but that was more orchard. like, I, I guess that was a mall, but it was outside. Yeah, it was. A, which for Chicago was just the, the poorest design you could think of. Because right. it was really only viable for about four months of the year. But it's huge now. It is huge now. And I always like going there because you got Marshall Fields over there and yeah. shit like that. Woodfield is huge now too. Yeah. That whole area. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't you know. Growing up, I mean, so you Really quick, up, can I just I yeah. had one of those word combinations that I'd never heard before. Actually, it was when I joined my college improv group. Um, the, in the description of one of the short form games we did, because we did short form games. They did helping hands, which was where you would have somebody behind you put their arms through your arms and be your hands. And they the per, the description that we as a group always said was, and they shall join together to become a Frankenstein-esque abomination. But in my mind, because I'd never heard those words together, I, I, never heard this word. I thought what the words were were Frankenstein-esque abomination. <laughs> So I thought it was Frankenstein 
Escabomination. <laughs> so Escabomination was its own word. It wasn't Frankenstein-esque abomination. Right. It was Frankenstein-esque abomination. Esque abomination. And I was, because I was 18 or 19, I was like, if I don't know a word at this point, and I'm in college, I feel like I should know this word. I'm just going to shut up about it. <laughs> or use it in a sentence and people go, exactly. what are you talking right. about? Right. Oh, what it does. I think that might have been how I was outed eventually, because I was just like, boy, that was a real esque abomination. Like, we walked out of a, a movie or something, and it was like, that was an esque abomination. What? <laughs> well, I mean, when, uh, when you do things like really listen to the words, yes. you really, really listen. I and I remember when, when I was married, my wife and I went shopping for a, a refrigerator. Have you ever gone shopping for a refrigerator? Mm-hmm. I gotta tell you, it's a fun thing to do. <laughs> I love shopping for a large appliance. Yeah, um, just did it the other day myself. Not for a refrigerator. What'd you get? What'd you get? I am in the market for a new washer dryer. Oh, combo platter? Got to do the combo. You're doing combo for where I have the right. space. It's got a stack. Right. Which nobody does anymore. Really? What do they do? Oh, they do one. every every dryers just like everything in America have just or washer dryers have just become gigantic. They're all side by side, because they're so huge. Jesus Christ! So I'm gonna have to get like a tiny. There are they do have them, but it's like one out of a hundred models are stackable now. Anyway, fuck those. I know, people. but it, but it was fun to go and look and hit the buttons oh, and look yeah. at all the features and, and to yeah. say I'm gonna buy that. Yeah, but, well, I, I'm gonna buy that. And Katie, I were looking at fridges, and um, I remember like we we're in a Best Buy, and I went. You know, there's an Amana, and there's a Westinghouse, and there's a Kenmore, and there's a Frigidaire. Mm -hmm. And I went, Frigidaire. Frigid air. <laughs> frigid air. It's frigid oh, air. They are geniuses. <laughs> frigid air. I'm like, Katie, frigid air. Frigid air. And she opened up, uh, she was opening a fridge and went, you just getting that? And I, closed the fridge, like, oh, I, I thought I was like, oh, I just discovered. I just. <laughs> I, I'm a, what is it, a, a word professor of words is etymologist, I'm an right? etymologist. I'm an etymologist. I figured it out. I'm almost a sociologist or, I, like, for me, I could fucking figure, like, what? It's frigid air. It's the Rosetta Stone of Best Buy. I figured it out. I put, everything just shifted into one. I'm like, I see what's going on now. I see what's I see what's like going on. Neo in the Matrix, you just like it's not just words, it's just not just numbers and symbols anymore. It's like I see everything. I am everything. Oh. Do you have you have you ever been on stand? Have you ever been in this I'm sure you are because I've seen you work so many times like you and Dave, uh, you and um, uh, 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 what's his name? Matt Hill. Jones. Matt Jones. Yeah. Hill and Jones. Mm -hmm. Matt Jones. You and Matt, like I've seen you guys reach a point where you're practically one thing. You're one thing. It's the listening mm -hmm. where you are. It's it's what I call like the self-actualization where you are him, you are he, and he is you. Yeah. And you are also the audience. Yeah. And you are all the chairs that you put out there. Do you mm -hmm. understand what I mean? Yeah. And, and you don't even like, need to look and you just know where everything is. You yeah. don't need to look. You just know where fucking everything yeah. is. And that feeling is great. That's fucking great. And to know. That's the heroine of what we do. No doubt. No doubt. Not that I've done heroin, nor will I ever do heroin. But you from what that. I've heard, right? You know that. Uh, um, yeah. But uh, it is no doubt. And I, you know, I've said this many times, but for me and Matt, 
it was that that thing started happening like the first time we played together. It was crazy. So uh, he and I had never met each other. We met on uh, uh, 4th of July weekend, 2007. A buddy of ours, the, the great and wonderful improviser, Ryan Archibald. Mm-hmm. Oh, Ryan Archibald. Um, and he, Ryan and Matt had been in, at Boom Chicago together. Mm-hmm. And Ryan was coming back uh, from that tour of duty. Uh, and Matt was as well. Matt what, was what from a gig. here. It's a great gig. Great gig. Great gig. And they were both like made for that gig. They mm-hmm. loved that gig. I mean, there are certain people. I, I never auditioned for Boom because I, in my mind's eye, I was just like, I don't know if I want to live there, you know, which because I'm just a stick in the mud, I guess. But I directed um, two shows there, and yeah, and and it took you where you go. Like the first year that I was there, I was like, what the fuck is happening? Right. When I came on Queen's Day. <laughs> oh my Queen's god, Day was like. Everything was orange and everything, like like the canals were packed mm-hmm. with, it was like Lake Havasu, that one you see, think yep. about Lake Havasu in Arizona. Yep. The boats were- Wisconsin the, Dells at 4th of July. Oh, exactly. Yep. And it was just like, there was just one solid yep. boat of a Armada. Yep. It was an Armada. It was an Escamada. So it was- <laughs> So it was a it was an armada of that, and you're going, what the fuck is happening? And it's like moving through and kids and Ryan and Jen and pop smell, pot yeah. smell and all that, and then you go, what the fuck? And I get there and like, okay, great. And then it's crazy. It was crazy. And then I went to uh, like, I, and they gave me a bike and they gave me keys to an apartment and they go and and here's here's some pot and here's some money and here's a phone and and we'll meet you at this club and the club was called um, Supper Club and they have one now on across the street from the, it's the same they have a supper club on Hollywood Boulevard oh. near it's the same company oh, and wow. it was a transvestite ballet and in the bathroom it didn't have a men's room and a women's room and it had a gay or straight room and you go well, well I, don't, I don't know um, when uh, in and, Rome right and Stardam. it was crazy and then it was just garbage on the ground and then you wake up the next day and it's like nothing happened Wow, yeah, that's that's like, see that <laughs> none of that is that appealing is, to you. Yeah, no, I will say it's not appealing to me. Although I do, I do like a good at like crazy outdoor party time festival, like Kentucky Derby or things like that. You've been I, there. You've been, I, I've been to the Kentucky Derby. Uh-huh. But yeah, I don't, I don't know if that would have been my thing. But it was perfect for Ryan and Matt. I know. I think so I, they met, become, I met I met Ryan there and I met Matt there. Yeah. I, that, that, that stands to reason. But I didn't. I I I came you didn't in. Them. It was after them. Uh, no, they were there when they were there, and I had come in just to do a, a weekend workshop. Got it. Okay. Got anyway, it. so Ryan Archibald. And right. Matt oh yeah. Jones. So they were both coming back from doing that, and they had become good buddies. And Ryan and I were like brothers mm. before he went and before I moved here. I have a question about Ryan. Yeah. What's how come I don't? Is he around and I'm just not paying attention? He's in Chicago. He's in Chicago. And he's doing, like, at last I heard, I'm pretty sure he's uh, directing a tour company at Second City, mm-hmm. doing a ton of stuff through them. Right. Still okay. playing all over the place. Right. I know he's playing at I.O. in Chicago still. Okay. A bunch. He's, uh, he and another awesome improviser that I went to college with, Rush Howell, uh, are, they're going to come down and we're going to do a three-man show at the Atlanta Improv Fest in, in about a month, oh, which is going to be fun. Good. Yeah. Anyway. Ryan's great. He's engaged to Betsy. Okay. Who's great. Um, and uh, they're super, super cute together. Uh, anyway, <laughs> in a 
another part of his life, he was coming back and he was going to do Second City Las Vegas. Matt Jones or, or Ryan, Ryan Rice. Ryan. And he also got married around this time. Ryan. And Ryan did. Mm-hmm. And so I came up from L.A. for the wedding and met Matt. And we hit it off. But we had never seen each other perform. And then he had been kind of, he had moved back to L.A. at that point. And we met up with each other for a drink at I.O. like maybe a week or two later. And we just like kept hitting it off and we had a couple drinks and we were like, we should, we should play together. We should do something. And we looked up and on the wall at I.O. there was two, two person improv tournament. And we were like, we should do that. (laughs) Never seen each other perform. Did not rehearse. Just got on stage and played. And the first show that we did was you know, probably my top 25 shows ever, just as far as, like, it just was there. Why? It was there Why right away. Why? I, he and I are very similar in a lot of ways and very different in a lot of ways, but the ways that we are similar just works for improv so well. We love characters. Right. We love archetypes and genre and... um we have a very similar like movie TV uh, uh, aesthetic. Like we we you know if we both named like a hundred things, shows or TV or books or something that we love, I bet we'd overlap on like eighty five or ninety of those things. Mm-hmm. Um, which for most people that's just not it doesn't happen. You know, no. everyone's got such a different. Um, Especially Back, going, you know, backstory and reference level right. and, and whatever. We just overlap on that so much. And then, um, I don't know, I just think, stylistically, I think we're very similar. Well, I... I, I, I but the I think that, it's like, and the nuts and bolts of it... That's what I'm talking about. The nuts and bolts of it, we both love it when someone else is driving the bus and we can be in the in the passenger seat. And vice versa. Uh, so in that way, you are aware Matt's driving the bus. Yeah. And you're aware I'm a passenger. And mm-hmm. you're aware I'm driving the bus and Matt's a passenger. Yes. And I think when you do, when two people do that on stage, there's, it, it's like, that's the oneness of it all. Yeah. That's the oneness. Uh, that's the collaboration. I know what he's wanting to do at this moment. Huge And then question. he knows what I'm wanting to do. And, and then he does it. And then he does it. Right. And that's the important thing. Yes. Is to go, I know what you want me to do, and I'm going to do it. Yes. Or, I know what you want me to, I know what you're expecting me to do, and I'm not going to do it. Correct. Um, uh, and both of those are, I know what you want me to do. Yeah. And when, and that's the, that's the greatest thing with collaboration, yep. uh, is to go, and I think it's the hardest thing for people to do, it's to say, what is it that my partner's asking me to do? And then doing it. Yeah. What is it that Dave is asking me to do? Not the character who's the haberdasher. Right. Yeah. What does Dave yeah. want me to do? Yep. And that's very hard for people because we've been training people that there's this thing called character. And the minute that you go character, it seems like it's something that you put on. Yeah. As opposed and to... And it, it's like you put it on, but it completely envelops and covers the improviser. Like there's this layer of... Uh, kind of, um, it's like a burlap sack where you can't. It's a sensory deprivation. Like you, you're so much the character that you're not able to actually still have the 
I know what you want, or what do you want? I need to know, figure out what they want. You can't feel it. You can't, literally can't feel it. You can't feel it because you've got this thing yeah. on. You've, you've got, got like a suit on, t- like a neo, like a like a like a, a meat a, suit. Yeah, meat someone suit. Else's you, meat you suit. Someone else's meat suit. You got someone else's meat suit. You're wearing someone else's meat suit, and yeah. you're going, "How come I can't smell or hear or taste or see yeah. or listen?" Yeah. Or, you know, it's I like, can't uh, do any of that. I, I've used this analogy before uh, in, when I'm teaching uh, character stuff, especially. Um, it's like the original Total Recall with Arnold Schwarzenegger, mm-hmm. where he has to like sneak onto Mars, and he does it in this woman suit, and then it malfunctions. So he's answering all these questions at the passport Mars, you know, TSA, and you know how long are you going to be here? Two weeks. And then the suit goes haywire, and then like the mouth's like two weeks. Two weeks. And then everyone realizes that it's him, and then the, like the head you know, folds away and then he's underneath it. That's like, a lot of times when people are playing characters wrong, they're just like, you can say something to them and they're just like, two weeks. They can't, <laughs> they can't be in the moment anymore because no. there's, they've got this meat suit on. What's the interesting thing about that scene, the interesting thing about that scene is when he emerges, mm-hmm. is when Schwarzenegger's character mm-hmm. emerges from the meat suit that is that, that, that character. Yeah. Yep. And and to watch somebody be in and to watch somebody where you're watching somebody you're, you're going you're not answering you're when I'm in a scene with this person whatever was I'm watching a scene I'm going you're not answer A's not answering B A is not in response to B A is not listening to B. Yeah. And the moment that B goes you're not listening I'm like here we go. Yeah. Here we go. Here we go. Now we're getting real. Yeah. Now shit's real. Yeah. But it, but if someone's like and I love that this is our this is our phrase for it. If someone's full meat suit, if they're in full meat suit mode where they just are not retaining or nothing's getting through, in that scenario, they're just going a a a a a a. There's no a hears b and does c. It's just a a a over and over and over again. Right, because you're playing someone. You're playing someone that you don't know. Correct. You don't even know there's a B. Correct. Like Arnold Schwarzenegger's character, whatever it was. What was his yeah. character's name? Oh, uh, Quaid. Quaid. Yeah. Quaid did not know <laughs> that woman. So the moment that that woman, you know, he didn't yeah. know who that woman was. Right. And it's also a malfunction of a robot. Right. It's also fictional. So <laughs> what the fuck are we talking about? I think it still applies. <laughs> it is still dramatic. No, I'm with you. I'm yeah. with you. And but I want to say, before we go too far past it, the other thing, in, in with Matt, because... Uh, I, you know, try not to overthink it too much with him because it's just so fun. But as a part of I know what he wants and he knows what I want, the thing that we, I think we both share as, as kind of a little bit of type A's is I always know he's got an idea. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And, and that if he doesn't, he will. Right. He will look for one. He will find one because that's, he just wants to generate ideas and he knows the same thing about me. So there's just like a relaxation and a trust level. That's it, the trust, of, the trust. Of just, you know, we share a lot of it aesthetically. We share a lot on our improv, like background and goals, all that stuff. But then at the at the end of the day, like, I never worry when we're in a show together, will we will we get another idea? It's like, we're always going to have another I, idea. I totally understand. Yeah. And, and boy, that trust thing. Yeah. Because trust equals confidence. Yep. And... Um, this conversation that I had yesterday with yesterday with mm-hmm. um, with Teresa Mulligan Rosenthal mm-hmm. um, was 
I love her, I said, by the way. I do, too. She's great. I, I love her so much. I think um, I could even say, I adore her. Me, too. Me, too. There's a lot going on there. Yeah. Um, I said, because I've known her since, I've known her since before we moved out here. Yeah. And uh, I said, what's the difference between the Teresa that moved out here and the Teresa that's now? And she said, um, I've learned how to battle. I, I've, learned, I've learned how confidence helps me in the battle. That's cool. Between writing and improv. Yeah. And the idea of, like, what's underneath confidence? Because confidence is the cardigan, not a meat suit, the cardigan that wraps around trust. Because you've got trust, and if you have trust, then you have confidence. Mm -hmm. And when you trust, so I trust, I trust Carrie, yep. uh, Clifford, oh, yeah. uh, you know, I trust Rachel Hamilton, mm -hmm. I trust all these fucking people mm -hmm. that I love these people and I trust them. And when I trust them, we go into it together mm -hmm. and I go, this is going to, there's no doubt that we are going to fucking win. Right. Yep. Amen. There's no doubt yep. that we are going to not ever, not just come, not come up with, and, and, oh, so there was, I have this joke that people are very tired of, but I still do it every, at the beginning of every show. Uh, hi, Rosowski and Clifford. Okay, we're going to improvise for you for the next two and a half hours. Uh, and uh, here we go. And so that's the joke, and everybody thinks it's a joke. Except this one time where we told the stage manager to look for an out at 40. And then I said... He heard we, that, and she, then... She, she heard that and went, oh, I guess they changed. Uh, and then it became... Oh, no. 40 minutes was like... And I'm, I'm, the show's going on, I'm thinking... This is that long. is long. This is really long. And I went backstage. You know, I went. I went like, honey, oh, don't worry. I'll go get the bags out of the car. And then I go backstage and I look at my watch and I'm like, an hour and forty minutes. No way. Way, way. I was surprised there was ever there, there was any improv left in the world. <laughs> I thought we finished improv. And I come out and I was like. Yeah, well, and, and then they went, and scene. Yeah. And the show's over. Thank you very much. And Rachel's looking at me like, what's going on? It's like, we've been out here for an hour and 40 minutes. And I went to the stage manager and said, what's going on? She goes, you said 40. Oh, and then you go, we're going to improvise for the next two and a half hours. Like, nobody oh, fucking wants to watch no. anybody. No. No. That's, wow. I mean, that is so literal-minded. I can't even. Watch, I can't. I, I totally understand why she got confused. But I've never improvised for that long. Well, you said that, but it was clearly some people, a joke. Yeah. Some people. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Um, we're going to improvise. It was clearly a joke. And yeah. I've said the joke a lot. And people are kind of, you know, certainly Rachel's tired of the joke. <laughs> and I get it. I get, I get it. Maybe, but it's still, maybe it was, maybe, maybe Rachel said, do not take our like she took the lighting woman aside and was just like do not take our lights out he needs to learn a lesson <laughs> he needs to never say this again do not take our lights here's out. the problem here's the problem Dave. it gets a laugh every fucking well, time hey, it gets a laugh there are every some time. things that there are some things that just do and if it gets a laugh every time i i talk Going back to the idea of uh, sort of self-actualization or nirvana where you're going, I am this and I am all these yeah. different things. There's also something when we've, we've done this, and people are hearing ladders in the background, they're working on painting the building, yeah. so you may hear scraping. Um, uh, when I was talking to Teresa, we were, she riffed on something in the middle of the night and she, she used a word and it was a really interesting, she just used the word Iowa in it. And I was like, 
that's an interesting choice, the word Iowa. Why Iowa? Why did you say Iowa? Mm. And she, because if you, every mm -hmm. once in a while, look at the forensics of why we said something that's funny. Yeah. I love doing that and going, we've been at it long enough to yeah. go. I said this word. There is a reason I learned how to say that. I learned yeah. how to craft that joke. I learned to craft that punchline, if you will. Right. Right? And we don't want to say that we say jokes, but we do. You know, there's a popping of a bubble. Yeah. You know, and we go, this is the perfect word for this time. Right. That sense. Right. That almost sixth sense of this is the specific for this moment. Exactly. Yeah. And then to look at the forensics of how we got to that and go, okay, that's funny because X. Right. Yeah. And these are the sort of things that you never think about as no. you think... I'm moving up, in, or I am adding my sophistication level to the work that I'm doing, or the experience that I'm doing. Yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, I remember, um, you know, just starting out uh, doing Heralds, you know, getting on a, on a Herald team. I got really, really lucky. The group that I was with in class, in level one, and it just so happened at that moment... Um, Peter Gwynn, the great Peter Gwynn. Right. Who was a writer uh, on Colbert. He was a writer on Colbert. Before. And before that did a bunch of Second City stuff. Right. And, uh, and I kind of looked like Colbert. He did. He was mini Colbert in, yeah. in a lot of ways. Um, uh, very whip smart. Really Comedy whip style smart. like yeah. Colbert. I, I remember like when he got hired for that job and I was like, of course, of all the people in the world, that guy should be writing for Colbert. I mean, that's right. like perfect. Um, so smart. So smart. And... Uh, he asked Sharna, I want... Sharna Hepburn, who's yes, the producer, owner, uh, second owner of Second uh, I.O. Um, he asked Sharna, uh, I want to coach a team, but I want to coach a team of, like, super green, super young, super hungry improvisers. So he put us together after level one of I.O. class. What year was this? 99. Okay. And... Uh, so we had done one level of long form. You know, I'd done, I'd, I had been back in town after college for like a couple months, so I did like, I had already done like a level and a half at Second City, right. at the conservatory. You know, several of the other people were in the same boat or had less improv experience than I did because uh -huh. I'd also done a college group. And, you know, I remember like when we started out, he would put us through our paces. He would you know, challenge us in all these different sorts of ways. He had us do, uh, at the beginnings of uh, rehearsals, he would have us bring in uh, things that we knew the most about in the group and have us do little lessons for, oh, the, yeah. for the group, which was yeah. so great. I was, when Danny was out here, uh, Danny Mora uh, from uh, Chicago, uh, People of Earth and 3033, uh, great improviser who's going to be moving out here. When he was out here a week or two ago, kind of scouting out the, the landscape, we reminisced of one of the lessons that Peter had him do before our class. That had Danny, Danny, do. Danny had been in the marching band of the University of Florida, which at the time was one of the best, oh, biggest marching yeah. bands in the land. Right. He had gone to bowl games and, and you know, SEC championships and performed in front of 100,000 people. And so he taught us like how you march and how you move and how you pivot and how you and like some of that stuff. I I showed it to Danny like a week or two ago. I was like, I still remember this, you know, right from that. You still remember this? That was just something that wasn't something you did. No, it was just something that somebody said. Absolutely, I want to teach you this thing that yes. I know. 
and so to loop it back to why I was telling this whole thing, he also had us do like, I remember one time he said, uh, what's a word that you know that no one else knows? And so we all like had, you know, we all said a word that was like a unique word that we had read or, mm-hmm. you know, learned through studies or Esk whatever. Abomination? Yeah, <laughs> mine was not Esk Abomination. Uh-huh. I actually don't remember what mine was. But what I remember from that was, God, specific words are so powerful and fruitful and interesting. And um, I would do like, not a word a day, but I would like, I would seek out words and specifics. There was this great book that came out around that time called Shots Miscellany. Mm-hmm. Um and I think he still has a column in the New York Times every once in a while. But it was this guy who just like oh, collects miscellaneous yeah, yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. But he had this compilation yeah. book mm-hmm. of it. And it was words and it was lists and it was all these great specifics. And it was just like for my young improv mind, I was just like, let's, you know, <laughs> units of measure in medieval England. Like, why do they call it stones or why, you know, all that weird stuff like that. And I gobbled it up. I love that stuff. Me too. I, you know, uh, I think uh, I think that's that's the mark of an improviser brain. I, I totally is that agree. you like the minutia, you like the specifics, you like the the little things that, you know. Well, looking at somebody like Pat Ben or looking at somebody yeah. like Mike Coleman, yeah, uh, who have those things where you go, what? Yeah, like Mike Pat Finn always knew well first off he knows what every single capital city is in every single state wow he knows that that's he just great. knows it that's a perfect uh, example of what we're talking exactly. about exactly yep. and he also knows and maybe you know what this is the device that measures your foot at the shoe store <laughs> i do not know it's a name is. it's the brannock device wow it's a device it's, and and like brannock is a great comedy word. Absolutely. A Brannock device. A Brannock device. That's a great, that's a great comedy word. Oh my word. God. Or even to call somebody Mr. Brannock. Yes. Come on in, Mr. Brannock. Have a seat. Well, as you know, my family <laughs> created the device that you <laughs> use. When you it's, and here's the thing. <laughs> and it's I, a I, I just went into like Pat Finn voice too exactly. a little bit. Too. Yeah, well, well, well you, you know that. Uh, Pat Finn was understudying for, so for us in, in ETC once and he came up with this, this line like in the middle of a scene. Uh, I don't know where it came from, but he goes, I mean, he might have seen it on a, on, a, on a bumper sticker, but I had never heard it before. But it was this where he says, uh, if God didn't mean for us to eat animals, he wouldn't have made them out of meat. <laughs> that's, that's, that's damn good. Well, it's really that's damn good. good. That it's is really damn good. good. Where you go, God damn it, yeah. I wish I said that. Yeah. God yeah. damn it. Amen. That's oh great. my God. Uh, and Nick Napier has this line, this great fucking line about uh, reading. Like, well, people who have lines where you go, God damn it, I like the way your yeah, brain works. Yeah. Um, and the line was in regards to, I think, Viola Spolin's book, Improv for the Actor. He, his line was this, bring a book to that book. <laughs> bring a book to that book? <laughs> that is such a Mick line, I can't even take it. That is, But, I mean, it's brilliant, because he is brilliant, but that is such a Mick line. Bring a book He's to so that caustic book. about everything. He is. And I what love I love it. about him is uh, he's uh, he's the founder of the Annoyance Theater. What I love about Mick is that <laughs> there's this causticness to him, and yet when you're sit, standing at the bar talking to him, oh, yeah. he is so with you and personable and warm and yep. kind and lovely. Yep. There was a time, you know, uh, which is sadly, Sadly or not sadly, I don't know. I'm having, I've been having this debate a lot with people lately, spe- specifically John Crowley, 
of IO King 10 mm-hmm. um, that there was a time where everybody drank together right and it, it's a Chicago thing oh, yeah. because we can walk everywhere and public transit and all that that you don't necessarily have that here in Los Angeles I, I would imagine they do in New York um, but the just like there was a time when I was like two years into improvising in Chicago knew that I loved it was you know on some teams and getting doing shows and and feeling like it was it was working for me you'd go and you'd drink after a show there was a bunch of times where three four guys from my team would end up at some party or just at the bar somewhere and Mick would be there and we would just walk to another place and just talk for an hour and then he would go with another group that was at that place where we ended up and we would be by ourselves but you would have this like convergence of talking about whatever and to this day I remember one time we were walking from IO no it was a birthday party we were at a birthday party on like the north side and we left there and we were going to go to do you remember Yaxies? yeah 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 on, on Clark. Armitage or no oh, Clark oh, just yeah just off Clark yeah. just off Clark yeah, yeah. and uh not Armitage it would have been not Fullerton. I thought Around it was Madison. There. I thought it was like no. Maxis. It's there's there's one that's there is one up there, but there were two of them. Oh, I, I see. Think. Okay, fine. There's one to fine. the south right. by Century City, right by Century City, by that Got weird it. corner. Right, right, yeah. right, right, right. Six anyway, yeah. uh, it was this place. It was like I think it was Wings or whatever, but it was yeah. one of the like four a.m. Yeah. bars where oh. it, that were just too good and bad for improvisers in right. Chicago. Anyway, I remember distinctly we left and we were it was a full moon and we were talking about is. The, is there science behind when a full moon happens, everybody goes crazy and murders go up and blah, 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 blah. And he was so impassioned about, Mick was, so impassioned about his thoughts, opinions, research, views on full moons. And I remember myself being like, well, I didn't think I cared about this before we started talking, but now I'm in this great discussion about how full moons affect people. And, like, I actually thought about it, and, like, I read up on it, like, the next day. Like, what is this all about? Right. You know, that that kind of conversation, I feel like we have lost that a little bit. No, I... Especially here in L.A., because drinking is, it's, you know, in a way, it's, you can't drive. It's, it's obviously, you know, bad... There, there are so many bads to it, right. but there also is the camaraderie of it right. is a little bit lost too, and I, I think that's I think that's kind of. I, I got to tell you, when I directed the main stage show in, I don't want anybody to become. Uh, this is Dave here. Dave. Uh, this is Dave Hill. I don't want anybody to come become an alcoholic. I just think that uh, sometimes a social lubricant gets people talking in interesting ways. Don't overdo it, guys. Just, just keep it, keep it nice. I say become an alcoholic. Um, <laughs> so, uh, um, when I was directing the main stage show, so I had been, I left Second City in 95. I came back to direct the main stage show at Second City in 2001, 2003. When, when, when was the Iraq War? 2003. Three. So, yeah. in 2003, and I came back to direct then. Yep. And I'm like, all right, we're going to go and then we're going to go across the street. Because yep. there was that. Corporate. You didn't. Yeah, you just called it across the street. Yep. You, it, whatever the fucking name was, like we're going going across the street. Yep. Going across the street. Um, go across the street, and they'd be like, like, of course everybody's gonna go across the street. Yep. I went across the street. Nobody went across the street. What? I'm like, what are they I was there to the last night. One? I said, oh, what what bars do you guys go to? He goes, we don't go to a bar. I go, oh, what do you mean? He goes, we don't go to a bar anymore. Like, what do you do? Where do you go? Like, we all go home. What? Separate homes. What's happening? 
Um, and what and even the, then, even then, even then. But also, uh, you're looking at the type of people that that were right. there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. Um, but 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 the um, what happened was what you're talking about, which is uh, uh, you you had. Um, Zulovic die, which yeah. you know, you had Zulovic die, you had Chris Farley die, yeah. you had people become alcoholics, yeah. and you had all this shit, and people like, you know, it's just not fucking worth it. Yeah, it's just not worth and it. And I buy that, and I completely believe. I in totally that. understand yes. that as well. Yes. And yet, at the same time, I want to go across the street for those fucking yeah. very reasons. Yeah. And it's not like we're gonna get more, more. We're not. We. It's not like, oh, we're going to do because because we may get a yeah. new scene. It's more along the lines of, I want to know what the fuck you're doing. Yes. Part of being an actor is being an artist. And part of being an artist is being a human, a, a viewer of human nature. Yeah. And wherever that's going to be, whether it be at, at uh, the, was it the Golden Apple? Was that, yep. the, you know, over yep. Lincoln and, yep. uh, Lincoln and, uh, Lincoln and, de, not diversity. De, Lincoln and, Lincoln and oh god oh, well there's that, golden nugget and that's like Clark golden and mercy no basically. it was just another one yeah that's but there's now, also golden now, apple yeah. yeah but it was now it's a lou malnati's um uh, well. so looking at going this is where we chat this is where yep. we talk this is where we look at things yep. this is where we you know this is where it is yep and we talked about books we talked about everything i mean i'll say that too that was something that hooked me into the into the community of of improv as well, starting out, talking to Mick, talking to Kevin Dorf, talking to Craig Kikowski, talking to Miles even, uh, or Ali, or Ali Dassey, Bob, Bob Dassey, or, or you know, and definitely Tellerico, definitely Steph Weir, you know, they were all so, they read and they watched movies and they, you know, but they were like they... renaissance people in a lot of ways, and that meant Every single time something was referenced on stage or off, they had a thought on it. They but had, well, here's another they had, thing: you know, that you, they were approachable, and they were approachable they about were approachable. it to us. Yes. Right? When we they were, were we were little, you know, we little, little oh, squirts. Absolutely. absolutely. Yeah. And yeah. and the fact that they're approachable also says that you're in a community yeah. with people yeah. who are who will talk to yes. you, and that's that's part of it too. Because there's that that it's that invaluable. Sense. Well, yeah. it's in, yes, it's invaluable because. You are, it's invaluable because part of it is you belong to something, and this is something that we all know anyway. You belong to something larger than who it is that you are, yep. and that's all about the ensemble. Yep. You belong to this thing that's larger than who it is that you are, and accept the fact that that's what it is. Yeah, and the people that will not talk to you, um, who knows why, yeah, but their loss, yeah, um, yeah, but I gotta say, everybody that I, I was able to talk to. Everybody that I wanted to talk to, yeah. I talked to. Yeah. Or maybe it was like there were some people that I wasn't able to talk yeah. to, but fuck it. Yep. You know? And I, you know, I mean, I try to be the same way now. That's Because one of the it was so invaluable to me. And, you know, it, yeah, that's just, you just, what you just said was such a great thing. Because it is a microcosm of ensemble on stage. It's the offstage embodiment of what we strive to do on stage. Right. That we are listening to each other, learning from each other, reacting to each other. Yeah. But I mean, just, you know, Coleman's, Mike Coleman's another great example from my conversations with him. There are these people that, you know, I had a very traditional educational arc. What was it? You know, 
grammar school? The grammar school, middle school, but, high but school, public, school. Public, 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 but then I went to, you know, college and four-year college. And what college? I went to Princeton uh-huh. University. So, you know, got exposed to a lot of smarty pantses. Um, and then meeting all these great improvisers and being able to, you know, have that right community conversation with them. Right. Even while they were on, you know, on their way to greatness or already but they, they, were, they were just who it is exactly. they were. The, the lack of, you know, artifice about it, the lack of, like, ego, ego about it. Because, um, you know, at Princeton, there could be egos. Oh, my God. Galore. But there were a it... lot of people that weren't. But probably one of the... the Probably the smartest person I knew when I was there, a guy named Andy Knightsky. Totally unassuming. S-K-I or S-K-Y? Uh, I actually think it's like C-K-H-E. It's like, it's oh. a, yeah, it's a... Because I want to call him Andy Knightsky. Knightsky, yeah. Knight's right, anyway, Andy Knightsky. Uh, uh, and I might be slightly mispronouncing the end of his name, but I don't think I am. Um, anyway, he uh, was uh, this super nice guy totally unassuming, would come and see our improv shows, was kind of like in this circle of friends that were kind of the improv nerds, but he never performed it, as far as I knew. Uh, he would support us. And he was a friend in, in my circle of friends, or kind of like that next orbit of friends around right. your close yeah. of friends. <clears throat> and the nicest guy in the world, come to find out our senior year, he's going to, I believe it was Oxford, on a Rhodes Scholarship, and he's a brilliant mathematician. And he's going to be like, you know, he's going to change the world with math. And, like, he wanted to talk about how silly our improv show. He wanted to, you know, you know, that kind of stuff. Like, so, those people obviously exist there. Many of them do. I'm not, you know, anyway. I'm not going to bag on Princeton because it's an incredible place. And I love it. And I'm going back there in three weeks for a reunion. Anyway. I don't know, but I don't. But, but like, but, uh, but, but. To go from all of that knowledge sharing and all of that intensely, at you Princeton. know, at Princeton, right. and then to, to be in Chicago and to find all these people that were just coming, doing the same thing from a slightly different angle, even if they hadn't gone to a four-year college or if they had you had all of these just like... You didn't even ask. You didn't even ask. It didn't matter. It didn't matter at all because you would see their great work on stage and you would talk to them on offstage with a beer and that just that just kind of transference of thinking and talking and positing and wondering and sharing of books and everything it was just so great i uh, that's one of the things that we don't we don't for no reason other than we just don't have time we don't talk about that as as a residual and adjacent benefit of the work that we do i agree the idea of you are going to meet, but you know what? When I when I was the artistic director of Second City, we would have uh, you know the first day, and you'd have everybody together. And it's like, okay, this is a group of strangers, but they're just a group of people that you haven't met. All right, that that old line. Uh, and then you go, you are going to meet some of the most interesting people in your entire life here. Yep. And it doesn't matter from where they come. Yep. It doesn't matter where they're going to. Yep. What matters is these are the people that you meet. And I and and I've said it. I've said it so many times on the podcast. Like when I met Carell, we auditioned for a show that Michael Galman directed. He was just a guy named Steve Carell. Mm-hmm. But you look at me and went, "You are one of the most you you are so fucking inspiring." Right. 
You make it look so easy. Yeah. And when somebody makes it look that easy, he was very shy off stage. But on stage, you made it look so easy. And the fact that you're shy off stage and you've got confidence on stage mm -hmm. says something about the art. Yeah. That what happens when you take those two steps up to the stage yeah. and those two steps up to the stage said that are like, I'm letting all that shit go. Yeah. And I'm embracing the now of it yeah. all. Amen. And one of the things when you when you're at I.O., what I love about I.O. is, at, or at least the I.O. that we have right now, is you walk off stage and you're in a bar. Yeah. At Second City, you walk out of that yeah. space and then you walk down yeah. the stairs and then you're in um, Pissville. I, I was just going to say P-Town. Yeah. My in, God. It's, it's there bad. is a place. I, I may, Next time you're there, it's you know where that new shoe store is on the corner? So yes. it used to be yes, yeah, so it used to be like a, a pharmacy or whatever. Yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah. Right, right, right. Going west. Yeah. There's an area right before the Indian joint. Yeah. That at one point it was an Indian burial ground for Indian poop, uh, like oof. just poop, and I don't mean oh, Bombay man. or oh, whatever. Man. It's that That's is brutal. of all the places in Hollywood. Yeah. I don't know what's happening there. It's yeah. been there for fucking years. Yeah. It is the stinkiest. Yeah. That you'll pass it by and go, oh my god, what happened? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what's going on with IO. I really don't know. I don't know what's going on over there. And I mean in terms of the Oh, I think, that I think a lot of good things. I think a lot of good things too. Yeah. But it's one of the things where you go, how is this gonna because it's gonna fucking drastically change everything. Yeah. And also, well, I think it already has in a lot of positive ways. I think so too. I think, uh, you know, not to not to put my uh, IO booster hat on, but I am I am an IO booster. But um, but I just think that Mike and Zach and Colleen are all in it Who's for the right it? reasons. Yeah, uh -huh. and they're really good people. Right. And they care. Right. And. You know they're they're figuring things out as they go. It kind of like really got dumped in their laps in a lot of ways. Man, um, well, there's some major uh, changes at IO. Just yeah. so everybody know, but yeah. And uh, but I think that everybody's excited. There's just a positive vibe. We had there was a town hall meeting like about oh, two yeah. weeks ago in the main stage at, at the IOS. Was it packed? Totally packed. Out out the door, and I liked it because. Craig Kikowski was there. Um, Brian O'Connell was there. Mike Cohen was there. Doug Sarine was there. So people that are stalwarts of the theater teach there, perform there, on Armando there. Got it. Things like that. And then you had my level five student. One of my level five students was there. Mm -hmm. So you had this feeling of ownership all across the spectrum of right. who is a part of that community mm -hmm. there. And that was wonderful. And it was because people love that place. And they want to make it better. And the vibe that I'm feeling right now is that things are happening that will make it better. That are making it better. That has already made it better. Mm -hmm. um, and so there, there is a lot of like change happening. But from what I've seen and heard and experienced myself, it's all good stuff. I love it. It's I, all I, good stuff. I love it. I love it. I love there was an amazing shattering. Just an amazing yeah. shattering. Yeah. And in order for anything to happen, you've got to shatter. Yes. And and it's and called what, creative destruction. Absolutely. Yeah. What ends up happening is the meat suit falls away. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. And when the meat suit falls away, you can't hide. Yeah. And you also have to go where well, you go, ah, and then oh, I should 
But then there's that moment where you go, what? No, this isn't bad. Right. This is the change in the scene. Well, I mean, we're human beings. Human beings literally want to go back in the womb. Like, we want comfort more than almost anything. So change sucks. And we always fear it. And our first reaction to something that changes is always, if not negative, a recoil. Like, a, re a reflex away from it. But yet, at the same time, everything's always changing. So it's like, that's, that's one of the, to me, it's like one of the tensions of humanity is between that not wanting things to change and the fact that they always will be. It's also you know? what's at the core of all good scene work. Agreed. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's what brings us together. Yep. Is to say, I, and I talk about it, uh, I, I talk about it in class and it's like, if you want to be part of the solution, be part of the problem. Mm -hmm. And we're here to be the problem. Yep. And so that was a, that, uh, that was something that stuck with me. Similar, uh, uh, kind of perspective. Bob Dassey, when I had him as a teacher, he said, uh, don't solve the problem, deal with the problem. Mm. You, know, <laughs> right. you know, solving it is a step-by-step -step process which saps any improv scene of the improv. It makes it about a paint-by-numbers, step-by-step, let's solve this thing. Dealing with it means, like, how do you come to terms with this problem? How do you emotionally respond to this problem? How do you, you know, it's happening! What do I do? You know, like, how do I... <laughs> right? So, so like I was, I was like that way of thinking about it. But it's, I, I, like, I love, I love that. Uh, be the problem is great. Okay, good. Let's. I will steal that. Please steal. <laughs> um, that was great. Thank you so much. Absolutely. That was really great. Yay. Creative destruction of the meat suit equals great scene work. You do the math. It's happening. Deals with it. <laughs> Deal with it. <laughs> Thanks for dealing with it for an hour of chat, Dave Hill. That was great. Okay, my workshop performance comings and goings. Uh, on May 28th at 8 p.m., it's a Rozowski and Clifford show at I.O. West here in Hollywood. On June 6th, New York City, I've got a workshop at the Magnet Theater. June 11th and 12th, I'll be in Denver teaching some positive stuff. July 2nd through 10th, I'll be in Canberra, Australia for some workshops at the Great Improvention. If you live somewhere, and chances are I'll be teaching there, check out DaveRozowski.com. ADD Comedy, Dave Zaski, is produced by Laura Parker and me. Like our show? Give us some love on iTunes, won't you? Send questions and comments to Dave at ADDcomedy.com. Here's that final story with Dave Hill. See you then. Okay. So, yeah, I think, I want to say it was like 11 or 12. 13 at the oldest, but I don't think I was even that old. And it was summer, and it was like early in the summer, and there was a mall nearby, and me and my best friend, uh, Tyler, we were just thick as thieves, and we were like two young dudes, and we're gonna go, it's summer, and we're gonna go to the movies, and Where was play it? arcade games in the suburbs of Chicago. Uh-huh, which suburb? Uh, it, that would have been, uh, it would have been in Arlington Heights. Uh-huh. Um, we went to Town & Country Mall, and Town and Country Mall was awesome because you walk in through the door and at the end of the hallway is the movie theater. Right before the movie theater is a movie arcade. Right before that is a Sabaro. <gasps> Just kid God paradise. Damn it. 
Kid Paradise. I wish I could do that. I wish I could fucking borrow it. Was it was fucking great. All right. So we went and saw a movie. I don't remember which movie. Went and got some pizza and terrible food and gigantic Cokes. <laughs> and then we're going to play so many video games. And at that point, like, you had to have all the quarters, you know. So I just, it was just like, I had oh, like, all right. I had like just gigantic pocket full of quarters that I'd probably been saving up for this day for right. I don't know how long. And we were like, we're going to beat this game, this arcade game, Rampage. Uh huh. Where you turn into like King Kong or Godzilla or Wolfman, but you're giant and you're on a building and you're buildings and you're, you smash the buildings and you breathe fire at the army guys. And But it was like like all arcade games. It was just like pump the quarters in. You yeah. can't win unless you spend at least like $10 in quarters. So we've done a movie where we also drank a Coke. I forgot that. Movie drank a Coke. Pizza drank another giant Coke because it's summer and it's just like drink everything, every soda you can. And we're playing this video game and it's just like we've got all the quarters. We don't need to get more quarters. We don't, you know, we can just oh, keep going. Yeah. And then it's like, oh God, I gotta pee. Oh God, I gotta pee so bad. But we're like, we're we're winning. We're doing it. We're you know, we're smashing the buildings. This is farther than we've ever gotten before. <laughs> and we know we're on the final screen. And I am just like dying, and I can't hold it anymore. And I literally, I'm like, <laughs> I sacrificed myself for my friend. And I literally was just like, Tyler, I, I'm gonna pee my pants. <laughs> And I was like, here! And I, and I like, hit the button so that my guy, bit, like, almost destroyed the final building. And then I, like, jumped on the army guys so that they couldn't fire at him. And I was just like, win! And, I, and I'm, like, peeing my pants as I run out of the arcade to go to the, to, to the uh, bathroom from the movie theater. And I just, I mean, it's just, I just peed my pants. I peed my pants. And then, and then ran, in, like, as it was still kind of happening, into the bathroom, and just, like, I didn't know what to do, because it was, you know, that hadn't happened in ten years, I don't know. And I just, uh, I, all I did, all I remember was, I just dumped so much water on my crotch, basically. I mean, like, I had shorts on, I was 11 or 12, like, okay. it wasn't like, all right. oh. it wasn't, thank God it wasn't jeans, because it was summer. But then I literally just stayed in the bathroom, and they had it had the it didn't have paper towels, so it just had the air thing, and I just sat there like continually hitting the butt the the air dryer button, and it was the crappy old ones that but, don't uh, the ones don't that dry world, anything. The World Dryer Company yeah. from Burbank, yes, Burbank, Illinois. That's exactly I right. Know. So it's interesting to me because with that little like maroon and uh, little squiggles. Yeah, little the squiggles, icon, yeah. and it's also I think the logo was yeah, a, the logo. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but it's interesting that the that the gesture that mm -hmm. you used to play the game mm -hmm. was the same gesture mm -hmm. that you used to hit the dryer. I was ready. I had been training up. <laughs> okay. Let's stop there. Yeah. Oh, good. <laughs>